We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. I don't know what's going on right now, but uh, I'm seeing Adams getting into it with the ref and with LeBron, Stephen Adams of the Pels. And LeBron, of course, is at the line (laughs) shooting free throws. Of course he is. He gets every call. So there you go. But how about this? The Pelicans are kicking the Lakers' ass right now, 45-31. to With six minutes left in the second, LeBron only has six in this game so far, two boards, four dimes. And the Thunder came back and beat the Bulls 127-125 in overtime. Huge win there. They were getting their ass beat that whole game. Gilgis Alexander had 33 to lead the Thunder. I hit that bet for you, Mafia, and I had the Bucks to win. Mavs plus seven, that covered. Celtics minus three, that covered. Uh, and then right now, Clippers up 63-55 on the Kings. The Jazz are blowing out the Hawks, 109-81, six and a half left. I'm going to hit that game. And the Lakers game, I'm in trouble on, but there's still tons of time left in not only the second, but the rest of the game in the second half. So whatever. I, I got to at least, I heard uh, Dan Strafford uh, doing an update, and I – I wanted to uh, at least talk about that Josh Gordon thing with you, Moth. I mean, you have got to be effing kidding me that this guy failed to follow the terms of his reinstatement for the 15th time to the NFL. Now, I don't know the story about what he had to do. You know what I mean? Like the protocols and the drug tests and the... You know, he can't do this, he can't do that, he's got to do this, he's got to do that. I, they had a ton of, you know, stipulations and rules that he had to follow. So God only knows if he made him, like, didn't show up for a meeting or didn't show up for a drug test or whatever it was. I don't know the details. All I know is, is that he's failed to stay clean in the NFL, in their terms, in their world, with the dope rules that they have for weed. This guy's like a pothead, right? So, which I have absolutely no problem with at all. Like, I'm as liberal as they come when it comes to weed. I don't care. I think the UFC is ahead of the curve. I thought what they did was great. Uh, they finally said weed is not a performance enhancer. You can smoke weed all you want, just not on the fight day. You can't show up high to the, you know, event. Uh, that you're fighting in that night, we we see you baked at the event, you're done, you're out, you lose your purse. But any other time, they don't care in their own time, at their own home, in their own training, whatever. Do whatever you want. Smoke, blaze, uh, spark it up, Sparky. But I just cannot believe a guy that has been reinstated more than Steve Howe was in baseball. How stupid does this guy have to be, honestly? I mean, I'm done being nice with Josh Gordon. This guy's a complete F-up. That's all there is to it. He just can't stay clean. He can't follow the rules. And I said today on Coast to Coast, tell me if I'm wrong, Mafia, the guy's got to go. And he's absolutely got to go. 
We welcome in all of our radio affiliates on the bench on Sports Grid Radio. Of course, Sirius XM Channel 204, Sports Grid Radio Network on Satellite Radio now. Mightier 1090 in San Diego, Sports Map Radio, Sports Byline USA. Great to have you all with us on a pain-free Friday. I'm Pharrell with Mafia. So tell me I'm wrong, Mafia. What For our radio audience uh, just joining us or what have you, affiliates just coming in, boom. Josh Gordon thrown out of the NFL again uh, indefinitely. And what that means to me is I don't care what he did. I don't care if he missed the test. I don't care if he failed a test. I don't care if he's smoking again. I really don't care. What I think he should do is, A, he should be thrown out of the NFL permanently. There should never be another Josh Gordon appearance for a month. There should be no more Seattle Seahawks give Josh Gordon another job. I think he should be thrown out of the league entirely. And I'm sick and tired of Josh Gordon's drug problems. And frankly, if I were him, I'll be honest with you, Mafia, I'd just go smoke chronic for the rest of my life. He's, he's He made it a lot of money. I'm sure it's all gone. But he made a lot of money when he played. And all of his early success made him some money. Uh, he should just go smoke weed and, and drink booze and, and get laid or something because he's not mature enough to uh, be a professional football player. He's a complete idiot. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing, obviously, you, me, most people, they don't think weed's a big deal, you know, but it is what it is. That's in the rules. You're not allowed to do it. If you're going to get paid millions of dollars to play a game, like, suck it up and live by the rules. You know, that, that's what your job says you can't do, then you can't do it. And this guy just hasn't been able to abide by that, no matter how many chances they give him. And it's amazing, like you said, that all the chances, you know, time and time again, it's suspended indefinitely, suspended indefinitely. And then a year later, oh, he's reinstated conditionally. And then three weeks later, suspended indefinitely. Like, it's just the up and down, the cycle. It's never ending. Just get over with. Be done. Be like, dude, you can't make it. Go fight in the UFC where you can smoke weed all the time. Yeah, listen, he's done. The NFL has to end this charade. Let me tell you something else. Every guy from Kyle Turley on, every guy I know, literally half, like, I mean, more than half, way more than half smoke weed. And they smoke in, they know when they're getting tested for the weed. They only get tested once for the weed. And then they smoke weed the rest of the year. No problem. Why is this guy such an idiot? Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Toll-free, 844-843-6879. Tommy in Maryland, you're on a bench. What's going on, Scotty? Hey, dude. Talk to me about Ben Roethlisberger. What's wrong with his arm, man? I'm not feeling it. Well, I, you know, look, uh, I think he made some bad decisions uh, and threw some bad passes against Cleveland that all got picked off. He threw four picks. You can't excuse it. It was a disaster. But the guy threw for 501 yards and four touchdowns in the exact same game. Uh, too bad it was when he was down 28 nothing. But the bottom line is only two guys have ever done it, Brady and, and Roethlisberger, in a playoff game, and both of them lost 
when they threw for 500 yards. So people can say whatever they want that he doesn't have it anymore. And I don't know how you can uh, come to that conclusion when the guy throws for 501 yards and four touchdowns. Now, I understand he was down 28 zip and he had to throw every single play and, and they had to make a comeback. And they did. Uh, they lost whatever it was, 47, 38, whatever it was. All I know is I don't believe that his arm is shot. I thought his arm blew out with the elbow the year before. He had surgery. He came back. And I thought he had a good season. Uh, I guess, you know, 11-0 and 0 wasn't good enough for anybody because everybody's such a genius. Uh, but when you're 11-0, and 0, you can kiss my ass, okay, about he sucks and all this other nonsense. And then they had a, a, a bad run in the last five or six weeks. There's no doubt about it. But in the Colts game, the guy had a huge second half and brought him all the way back, and they won that game. And their 12th game, you can blame whoever you want. You win 12 games, you go to the playoffs, you get your ass beat. Uh, you can't blame Roethlisberger for Pouncey snapping the ball over his head. And the game was 7-zip before he burped. Then he threw a pick. Then it was 14. Then it was 21. Then it was 28. The game was over. But uh, you win 12 games and lose in the playoffs. It is what it is. Here's the deal. I said this today. Uh, you know, there's going to be four games this weekend, and there's four teams going home. And they're all, you know, someone's going to lose. And then what are you going to say about them? That their quarterback sucks and that his arm's shot and the coach should be fired. And that's the problem with people. Everybody expects, you know, every team in the effing league to win the Super Bowl. And it just doesn't work that way. One team wins. The rest of them lose. And just because you win a bunch of games and make the playoffs doesn't mean jack when you go and lose uh, your playoff game at home or on the road or otherwise. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I think he's still got an arm. I still think he's good. I think uh, their play calling was atrocious. I, I thought that in the last six weeks, all they did was throw screens and slants. And I thought their running game disappeared completely. I think that Connor's a, a wuss. Uh, everybody thought he was this great back, and he's not. And Snell and the rest of them didn't do anything either. I thought their offensive line was terrible. I thought their defense went from being tough to terrible. I thought their secondary went from being good to terrible. And that's why they lost. You cannot put that on Ben Roethlisberger. In fact, here's Tomlin, the coach of the Steelers, talking about whether or not he'll be back. Do you think that it's realistic that Ben will be back given the, the uh, cap implications? You know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a clear assessment of of the overall impact of the cap ramifications, so I might not have a direct answer to your question. But I think it's reasonable to to assume that there's a chance that he's going to be back. Certainly, um, the the depths of the ramifications of the cap discussions, um, I am not privy to as I sit here right now. Okay, so uh, good hearing from you, Tommy uh, Mafia. You tell me. Uh, First of all, we've had this discussion with Adam Kaplan. The guy, it's a $41 million cap hit, but the bottom line is 
They're paying him like $19 million, dude. That's cheap in the NFL these days. You got guys making $30, $35 million. Uh, Roethlisberger's cheap. And don't tell me that Mason Rudolph is better than Ben Roethlisberger. I am sorry. He's still a good quarterback. He's better than most in the league. I want to know all these great quarterbacks that are better than Roethlisberger. You're going to tell me that kid in Miami's better than Roethlisberger? He's been there one year, and there's already people saying he sucks. Tua. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. And then they put Fitzpatrick in when they need to win a game, right? And then now when the season's over, they're talking about, yeah, listen, trade him for trade him for uh, Watson right now. And the Niners, trade him for Watson. There are so many quarterbacks that suck compared to Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, the guy puts up stats every game. You can't deny what he does. It's not like this guy's, you know, sitting here with, you know, Brady last year. He had obviously a better year this year, so we can't really say, you know, the same thing. But last year, we're looking at him like, dude, this guy looks like he's got nothing left in his arm. He's got a noodle arm. He's throwing these, you know, short passes. They're not connecting. He just looks terrible. You know, we talked about that with other guys getting older. You know, Manning in his last year, it was just all about that defense. You don't have that with Roethlisberger. You know, they were relying on his arm to win games this year. Too much at certain points. You know, we talked about how the running game needed to do more, and they just didn't. You talked about how Snell and Connor and those guys just let them down. So I think the thing with Roethlisberger is, you know, you really don't have another option. That's what's helping him out, too, in this scenario, is that who else are you going to? You're not going to Mason Rudolph. You're not going to some of these other guys that they've had come through there. You don't have a clear-cut guy to take over for him if you cut him loose. So I don't think, you know, with the pieces that they have on defense and some of the, you know, the receivers that they're building up there with Clayton and some of these other guys that, uh, or I'm sorry, Chase Claypool, that you can sit there and say, well, we're going to waste years of these guys' career to go just draft somebody and throw them in there for the next two years and, you know, watch them suck as, you know, we still have these other pieces that are great. You don't want to waste Fitzpatrick. You know, you make Fitzpatrick's awesome. The defense is playing great. You want to probably keep Ben but still draft for the future, get somebody in there, and let them learn. You've got to keep someone. you got to have a veteran because you still are in a situation where you need to win. you got pieces to win. All right, so if I'm going to tell you right now, I think Josh Allen's better than Roethlisberger now. Fair enough. I do not yeah. believe that Tua or Fitzmagic are better than Roethlisberger. I know Cam Newton isn't. Sam Darnold sure as the hell isn't. Uh, I think Lamar's better than him. I, I It's a sketchy to say Mayfield's better than him just because the Browns won that game. I still think Roethlisberger throws the ball better than Mayfield, but I think Mayfield's getting to the point where he's going to pass him. I don't think Burrow's there yet. I don't think Tannehill's better than Ben Roethlisberger. I think Henry is the reason they win. Uh, I don't think Rivers is better than him. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson's better than him. Jacksonville doesn't have anybody better than him. I think Mahomes is better than him. I don't think I don't think Derek Carr is better than Roethlisberger, and I I think Herbert's better than him now, and I don't think Locke is. I, I, Washington doesn't have anybody better than him. Uh, I don't think Daniel Jones is better than him. I don't think Dalton is better than him. I think Prescott is. I don't think Philadelphia has a quarterback better than Roethlisberger. I think Rodgers is better. I don't think Trubisky is. I don't think Cousins is. The Lions, Stafford, some people might think he's better, but he never does jack. And Roethlisberger's been to three Super Bowls and won two. I think Breeze is done. Brady's got one more year. Look, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater's better than Roethlisberger. And I think Matt Ryan is basically Roethlisberger in a nutshell. And I think Russell Wilson's better than him. I don't think the Rams uh, have a better quarterback than him. And I think I, 
I don't think Murray's better than him. I think Murray runs better and, and does some things better, but he's not a better passer than Roblesberger. And I don't think Garoppolo is either. So everyone can kiss my ass with all of your Roblesberger's done and he sucks and all these. I just gave you a, the – I went through the whole league and told you how many crappy quarterbacks there are. Roblesberger is not crappy. Kiss my ass. bench 844-843-6879 to get on i actually uh, i can't take it anymore mafia watching the penguins jesus oh my god like I, you know i the first night i bet on the flyers right you know two nights ago whatever i took the flyers they won that game 6-3 and i thought you know we, i guess we all did it was like carver high cam and i all thought that they would flip it tonight and and win the second game and, you know, break 1-1 with the Flyers. And instead, they got their ass beat again, 5-2. to two. I mean, my God. It's just unbelievable to me. In the first period, they got uh, – Konecki had the uh, power play goal. Then he scored again. Uh, Provorov scored, made it 3-0. I mean, the game's over. It's 3-0. The game's over. And then Crosby had a power play goal. He scored in the first game, too, and now he's got his second, but 3-1. Tanev made it 3-2 uh, at 13-31. All of the goals there were in the first period. Second period, nothing. Uh, and then in the third, the kid ended up finishing it off for the uh, hat trick. He had three goals and an ass- assist, and... And then Lindblom added another one and stuffed it in at 17.52 of the third to make it 5-2. I just cannot believe, you know, I, I've said on the show on Coast to Coast and on Verona Bench, I think the Flyers are better than the Penguins now. That's pretty obvious. Uh, that was going into the season. Going into the season before the first game, I said, look, the Flyers are better than the Penguins. And I am surprised, to be honest with you, that they, they outscored on what? Six three and five two, eleven goals to five in two games. I mean Sullivan, what are you doing? What is going on? Like how bad do you suck? I cannot believe that they get their ass just pummeled both games. It, you know three two I can live with. You know what I mean? Uh, the other game was uh, it was four three and then they went four five six. All I know is. 5-2 to me is unacceptable. You're just getting your ass beat. You're letting some kid nobody knows has a hat trick. I mean, how bad do you suck? Crosby's the only guy on the team that does a, a, anything. Malkin does nothing. He's like, uh, I think it's the end of the road for him. Uh, honestly, like, and now they have, you know, obviously they traded Murray off to Ottawa. He won tonight. He beat uh, Montreal or uh Toronto, they kicked their ass, I think, like 5-3. Murray was the Penguins. He won two cups with the Penguins, even though Crosby, uh, a lot of people think Crosby had a lot more to do with it than Murray. That Murray got the, you know, uh, the good end of the stick and and the flower got the short end of the stick. 
and then they moved him to Vegas and kept Murray, and then they got rid of Murray, and now they're going with Jerry and DeSmith. It might be time to put DeSmith in because Jerry can't stop the broadside of a barn. He can't, I mean, he's, uh, he's like the ocean. He's so wide. I mean, it is unbelievable. Like, I can't even take it. I turned him on tonight. I watched it for 10 minutes. I wanted to kill myself. They look so bad. My God, what are you doing? Like, can somebody skate? Can anybody shoot the effing puck? You get your ass beat two nights in a row. I mean, Christ, you keep playing like this. The season will be over. They're only playing 56 games. You won't get into the playoffs. They're only letting four in from each division. Wake the F up. Jesus. And how about the Blues tonight, Mafia? Bending over. They beat the Avs in the opener, and they're playing them again tonight in Rado. It's eight to nothing. Colorado, eight to nothing. Taves just scored to make it eight. Let's go back to the uh, beginning. No goals in the first. Second period, Landeskog uh, scores. McKinnon had one of the assists. Burakovsky, power play, 2 nothing. Landeskog is second from Rantanen. Then Rantanen scored. It was 4 nothing In the third, Kadri, power play, 5 nothing. McKinnon, power play, 6. Uh, Donskoy, power play, 7. Taves, power play, eight. Jesus, how many? One, two, three, four, five, six of the eight goals, power play goals by the Avs. Nice job by the refs tonight, giving the Avs all those power plays. Jesus, Mother Mary. I mean, honestly, <laughs> how many power plays are you going to give them? Uh, I have to actually, I, I have to see it to believe it. Let me look at the power plays. So six of them. Oh, six, four in, in power plays. They, they got six power plays and scored on every single one of them. And they gave the Blues four power plays, and they went over. But how about that? Six for six on the power play tonight for Colorado. That'll get your season stats up through the roof. Wow. Capitals beat the Sabres again two to one. They beat them in the opener, and they beat them tonight. Uh, Wilson in the third, the game winner from Backstrom. That was the difference. Verona scored in the first. Uh, Ristolainen scored to tie it for Buffalo in the third, 30 seconds in, but 7.47 in, uh, Tom Wilson scores from Backstrom. That was the difference, 2-1. Lightning, 5-2 over the Blackhawks. Vasilevsky, 35 saves for Tampa. Coleman, a goal and an assist. And... Uh, in that game, no goals in the first. In the second, Palat, Kalorn, Coleman. It was 3 nothing. Uh, then the next two from the Blackhawks, Patty Kane at his first. And then Gord and Stamkos, 4-5. and 5-2 five. Five, Lightning. They beat them both nights. They scored a ton of goals against them. The uh, Lightning just so much better than the Blackhawks. Blackhawks are like a, a junior hockey team. Senators 5-3 over the Maple Leafs. Tavares had a goal and an assist. It didn't matter. Hyman had a goal. It was one zip Leafs. Then Shabbat 1-1. Kerfoot 2-1 Toronto. Then Kachuk 2-2. Watson, Tierney 4-2. And then in the third, uh, Stepan 5-2. Ottawa, Tavares scored a power play goal late, 5-3. That's how it ended, 5-3. I just want to see the um, 
the box at the very least for your boy who played in, in goal. Oh, I got to switch over here. Ottawa, here we go. Uh, they, they let Murray go. He gave, uh, he gave up three, 23 uh, shots against, 20 saves. Nothing fantastic, but they scored enough goals to win for him. 5-3 Senators, and that's it. 8 nothing Avs. There's still three minutes left in that hockey game, whatever. So uh, as far as the NBA goes, Lakers in the third, they came all the way back. They were down at 1.14. They came all the way back. They're now leading 59-58, but Zion's at the line early in the third trying to tie it up, but he misses the free throw. 59-58 Lakers, and that Clipper game is in the third, seven minutes left, 82-67 Clippers on top of the Kings. I already told you, Cavs beat the Knicks by three, Celtics blew out the Magic and covered the three, Bucks win but don't cover against the Mavs, 112-109, Giannis had 31, uh, unless I'm mistaken, I think uh, it was 31 when I when I did it before, right? I could have sworn he had uh, 31. Yeah, 31 and nine for Giannis. And then uh, Thunder in overtime. Gilgis Alexander, 33. They beat the Bulls by two. They were laying one and a half. Beat them in overtime. Jazz, 116-92. I covered that spread. The Thunder spread. The Buck win and Mavericks spread. Celtics spread. And I got the Lakers in this game dropping 10. They're up four. And then I got the Clippers uh, to win, and I actually was stupid enough to take the Kings in the seven spot. But there's still six and a half left in the third. We'll see how that goes. And then uh, as far as college basketball goes, Nevada and Fresno are going at it. Ten left in the first half. 11-8. Wolfpack lead it in Reno. As far as anything else that mattered, I'm just looking down here. Western Kentucky beat Marshall 81-73. UAB all over Charlotte 61-37. St. Bonnie blew out Duquesne 62-48. Wright State lost to Cleveland State in a really good game 66-64. They're playing again tomorrow, I think. Arkansas State by a bucket over Monroe. South Alabama by nine over Appalachian State. Bowling Green beat Buffalo 76-69. I'm just giving you some of them. Riverside blew out Poly 86-51. Texas State knocked off Little Rock 63-59. Texas San Antonio lost by 11 to Louisiana Tech. Lipscomb won by 12 over North Florida. They covered for me. UIC over Robert Morris, 67-53. Southern Miss blew out Middle Tennessee by 30. North Texas, same thing, by 30 over UTEP. Santa Barbara, 69-52 over UC San Diego. Wisconsin ended up winning that game at the Racks, 60-54. They beat Rutgers. That was the big game of the night. Everything else uh, got postponed or didn't matter. There's all your college locks mafia and then tomorrow there's just tons of great games and in terms of you know the ranked games tomorrow of good teams virginia and clemson's a really good one louisville and miami and in, in, uh, coral gables ohio state and champagne to take on illinois missouri's at a&m michigan at minnesota creighton butler i'll tell you more of them when i come back we're everywhere radio the internet t
TV, satellite, and our mobile app. We make it easy. Like, real easy. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. with you on a pain-free Friday. The other good games, uh, I think the best game tomorrow is Baylor in Lubbock against Texas Tech. You saw McClung hit the big shot in Austin the other night to beat Texas on the road. Baylor is 11-0. They mean business. They are no joke. Meanwhile, Texas Tech bared another great team. They're 11-3. and That is going to be fantastic. Baylor laying four and a half. Tennessee's at home in Knoxville against Vandy laying 18. Texas trying to rebound after losing to Texas Tech, playing Kansas State, laying 18 and a hook in Austin. And Gonzaga, the number one team in the country, 13 and 0 at St. Mary's, their rival, laying 15 and a half on the road. The games uh, that got postponed. Iowa State, Kansas, TCU, West Virginia both got knocked off. That Michigan-Minnesota spread is Michigan laying five and a half in Minneapolis. Creighton laying eight and a half to Butler. A&M getting four in College Station from number 17, Missouri. Illinois laying five and a half to Ohio State. Arizona-Oregon got postponed. Louisville in Miami laying three and a half. The cards are nine and one. They mean business in the ACC. And so does Clemson. They're getting one from number 18, Virginia, at Clemson. Clemson's 9-1. and one. Virginia's 8-2. and two. Those should be some really good ranked college basketball games on Saturday. Get all my picks at PharrellOnTheBench.com. It's F-E-R-R-A-L-L. All right. Uh, let's talk about these uh, playoff games, the divisionals. Doubleheader Saturday, doubleheader Sunday. Tomorrow, Rams pack first. Then Ravens, Bills at night. Sunday, Browns, Chiefs first. And then in the late afternoon, you got the Bucks at the Saints. Why don't we start with that uh, game tomorrow night in the below? Ravens, Bills. I think this game's going to be phenomenal. I think it's the best game. This is going to be a war flat out. Lamar Jackson against Josh Allen. I think it's going to be really good. Here's... John Harbaugh, the Ravens coach, talking about his team being ready. Good week of practice. Very excited uh, to go up in a great environment against a great football team and uh, play in a divisional round game. So we're looking forward to it. Our guys are, are ready, and we're going to just go try to put our best foot forward and play the best game that we can. And then on the other sideline, Sean McDermott, um, he says it's all mental. Everybody's got to step up. Well, the great part about our guys is that they're all professionals. And, uh, and as hard as those conversations are, if you're wired the right way, it drives you harder. You know, it, drives you, it, it, it pushes you to improve your game to the point where you get noticed again or, or when called upon, you take advantage of that opportunity. And I think that's the key. So, Mafia, what do you think? Uh, does Lamar go into Buffalo and beat the Bills? Or do the Bills handle their business with Josh Allen and company and all those great receivers that he throws to, like Diggs and Beasley? It's all going to depend on the start of this game. I think, you know, Buffalo has the ability with that wide receiver group that they have and the way that he's connected with Diggs and these guys that if they start to get out ahead, you know, if they start to get a double-digit lead, 
that's where it's going to be a problem for the Ravens because we know they're not built to come from behind. We know they're not built to have, you know have double digit deficits where they got to start throwing the ball a bunch, especially if the the weather isn't you know supposed to be it's going to get cold and not great up there in Buffalo. And that's not what these guys are used to. You know, that's not what Lamar Jackson's used to. So I think that could be an issue. But if the Ravens get out ahead and they can use that running game to kind of eat up the clock like they want to, then it could be a much better game. You know, so it all depends on the start. I'm leaning Buffalo. I just think they're the better team on both sides of the ball. I know the Ravens looked great last week, shutting down Henry, and that surprised me a lot. I thought he was going to run all over them. But I think that the Bills are a little more dynamic offensively than Tennessee is, despite their running game having their issues with their injuries. I think Josh Allen is going to be too much for them. So uh, the bottom line is the Ravens were down 10 nothing in, in Smashville to Tennessee, came back and beat them. So they had a bad start last week. He threw the pick to Butler, and then he made the big play when they got the Tucker field goal, and then he made the 48-yard run for the touchdown and tied it up. You knew that game was over because they caught him, and Henry couldn't get two yards. So that defense shut Henry down, and the Titans' season ended. And I, I, the Bills, the only guy in the Bills that can run the ball is Allen. I'm not a buyer of Singletary. They lost Moss. I'm not buying Devontae Freeman. I think in third and short, it's got to be Allen. And if he's not going to run it, then he's going to throw it. He's got all kinds of options. He can throw to his tight ends. He, I mean, literally the guy, he spreads it around the entire field. And when you win 14 games, that's where they're at right now, you got to go out and get it done and win the 15th and get to the AFC title game at least. I think it's set up for Bills, Chiefs, the two best teams, the cream rises. I've always believed that. We'll see if they can handle their business laying the two and a half. The and by early the way, Scott, game is the supposed to be low thirties in that. It's not supposed to be at snowy Buffalo. We're worried about snow and crappy weather there as well. It's supposed to be low thirties, but it's supposed to be fifteen or sixteen degree uh, mile an hour winds by game time. So that might be an issue for Lamar trying to throw it. There you go. Uh, that's that's huge uh, development right there. I didn't know it was going to be that windy there. It's supposed to be like I, I, you know we're in New York City. We're a long way from Buffalo, but. Um, it's supposed to pour down rain here all night, overnight, uh, and that's about it. It's not supposed to snow here, so I don't know what they're getting up there. I know they had this big storm in the Midwest that's coming here, but it's going to be rain. So we'll see how the weather holds up for those games. The early game is the Rams at the Packers. We've already talked about it. 30s, 9-mile-an-hour winds, maybe some snow in the morning, but nothing major. It looks like it's going to be clean for that one. Packers favored by six and a half. Aaron Jones talks about uh, last year. They learned about urgency in the playoffs. Let's see what they do. Here's uh, Aaron Jones of the Packers. I learned a lot. You know, every play matters. Uh, it's ramped up even more. Um, it's winter, go home. Um, and you don't want to be on the, be on the side of going home uh, and just execute. You know, every like I said, every play matters and play every play like it's your last. So why don't we hear from uh, Jared Goff and, and have him uh, tell us how his thumb is. I think, like I mentioned, it continues to get better. I think, um, you know, it feels good. I'm in a good place with it. There are some, you know, over time, you know, just, just over and over hitting it. There is, a, you know, a slight soreness, but nothing that's hindering me in any way. Um, but, but I think, you know, overall it's progressing in the right way. So anyway, this is the second time I've looked up and seen uh, the Pelicans and Lakers going at it, getting chippy in this game. There's been Adams and LeBron. I just saw Bledsoe getting into it with somebody. 
Uh, they're going after each other in uh, Staples right now. All right, Mafia, we talked about that game uh, ad nauseum, the Rams and Packers already. So let's go to Sunday. I'll go to the night game first. Uh, the Bucks and Saints. It's the third time they played. The Saints beat them twice. Here's Alvin Kamara talking about uh, Sean Payton prepared him for every possibility going into this third meeting. Uh, since I've been here, I think Sean, I mean, anything that comes up, I think he deals with it well. Um, he's always thinking. Uh, he always has a plan for, you know, the unexpected. He's always planning for the expected and anything. I mean, uh, there's times where I'm like, what is Sean talking about? And then something happens, and I'm like, dang, that's what he was talking about. You know, so he he's not – he. Nothing Nothing really surprises him. He always has a plan. Like, I mean, he's always, like I say, he's always thinking. You know, he's thinking ahead. Yeah, like when Diggs uh, caught that ball against him, uh, he was prepared for that one, right? Uh, all I know is, uh, you know, I'm worried about the Saints. I, I think they've owned the Bucks, but there's something about a mafia that they just pike. It just seems like they always pike. Now, I know he got a, a ring. I know he got a Lombardi. I know Breeze and, Pey and Peyton did it. But ever since then, they've never, like, sniffed it. They just always find a way to lose. They just always blow it. The Rams did them last year. They got a call. They certainly got the refs helping them. But they ended up losing again. Do you think they're going to pike again? Yeah, it does seem like they're just cursed right now since they got that Super Bowl. Like, they sold their soul on Bourbon Street, and ever since it's going to be a nightmare because you had the digs, uh, you know, the, the pass against the Vikings where he catches it out of nowhere, gets in the end zone. Yeah, last year, you, the Vikings again where the hunter comes in there in the middle, you know, in position doesn't even play, just is battering Breeze all day, breaking through the line and just tossing him around. I was worried about them coming into last week with the, the health of Thomas and Kamara, but both those guys look like they're back, look like they're fully ready to go. You know, back to what we expect them to be all season. Obviously, Thomas has been terrible all year, just being banged up, and whether it be suspended with team problems or, you know, injuries. But now it looks like they're back. Now it looks like they are where they want to be. Uh, you know, so I think that I'm feeling okay about them in this game. I just don't trust Tampa. What they showed me last week against Washington is they can't stop anybody. I mean, Tyler Heineke threw the ball over them. What is Drew Brees going to do? Yeah, I mean, uh, but here's Brady. He thinks they're uh, starting to click offensively. You know, we've certainly come a long way. Um, I think we're just going to keep improving. The more we're together, the more we're talking about football, the more we're trying to be on the same page, you know, the better it is. So, you know, it's a it's a complex game. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of coordination involved between a lot of different positions. And I think the quarterback-receiver relationship is really important. And, um, you know, the more that I've been around Mike, Chris – Antonio, Scooter, Tyler, uh, Mick, you know, the better it gets. Well, we'll see if they can finally beat the Saints. Uh, the Saints kicked their ass twice. Lakers 76-70 on the Pels, 420 and counting. Go figure, left in the third. All right, uh, here's Tyron Matthew of the Chiefs talking about Chubb and Hunt. That combo is deadly for the Browns. You know, it's like a double-headed monster. You know, um, you know, when one checks out the game, another one comes in. Both of those guys are elite, um, I, I think, in their own way. You know, um, obviously, you know, Kareem, you know, he can do a lot 
you know, things out, out the backfield. You know, they motion them out a lot in empty sets trying to find a matchup. And, you know, Nick Chubb just, he reminds me of those old school runners. You know what I mean? Um, you know, big, stocky, you know, low to the ground, um, tough to tackle. So, um, and then both of those guys are good in the pass game. And they, and they use them in the same way. So it can kind of get tricky, you know, when you're watching film. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd describe them as a two-headed monster. That's Tyron Matthew. Now, what about uh, the coach of the Browns, Stefanski, uh, when he's talking about the Chiefs, how good they are? Yeah, it's unique. Uh, I would agree, Scott. It's uh, versatile in, in how they approach it. Uh, they have weapons on the perimeter, weapons coming from the backfield, and then they have a great trigger man. Uh, and so I think everybody's seen it. It's a, it's a difficult offense to defend, both schematically and personnel. So what do you think, Mafia? What do you think the Chiefs are going to do with the Browns? Anything they want. I think the Browns are going to try to, you know, run, 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 and that's great. But I think that, you know, this is a different beast in the playoffs. We've seen the Chiefs struggle at times. We saw a lot of one-score games. Them. I think that's going to be the case in this one. I think they're going to get up early. I think Hill and Kelsey are just going to destroy that defense who's banged up. And I think that offense is just going to be way too much for Mayfield and those guys to try to keep up on the run game. Wow, so it's finally here. We finally get to watch uh, these divisional games. We've been talking about these games at nauseum all week, losing my mind. I'm ready to see these games go down. Let's just get it on finally. Let's see somebody get lit up. Clippers are up 110-81 on the Kings, blowing them out in Sacramento. There's still nine minutes left in that one, and the Lakers have opened up this lead now to nine, 79-70 with three left. And um, they're going to go the other way with this rock after the Pelicans just missed a three ball. So Lakers defense being the key right now. It's Pharrell on a bench. Don't go away. We're going to come back and wrap it up on a Friday. with a filthy offensive board put back jam to cap a 15-0 Laker run over the last five and a half minutes. They're up 12 now with a minute left in the third. Oh, J.J. Redick just hit a baseline running Jay, just going out of bounds, just a sick popper over the glass. It's a 10-point Laker lead. There you go. All right, so... Kyrie will not play. He's ruled out against the Magic tomorrow night. I think Harden's going to go. I'll, I'll watch Harden and Durant play together. Kyrie's just too much drama for me. Uh, they're saying it's protocols. Uh, he needs to ramp up basketball activities. Don't tell me he couldn't have played tomorrow night. I don't care how many games he missed and how many weeks, the last two weeks, he's been out with all of his BS. He should have been there tomorrow night to play with the Nets. That's all there is to it. The other big story tonight, two-time Cy Young winner Corey Kluber is finalizing a deal to come to the Bronx and play for the Yankees, a one-year deal for $11 million dollars. And, of course, earlier in the morning on Friday, they finished the deal with D.J. LeMahieu. Six years and $90 million, basically $15 million a year. He's 32. He'd be 38 when it's over. Uh, great hitter, great second baseman. They love him. They didn't want to lose him, so they keep uh, D.J. LeMahieu. Aaron Judge got his arbitration and about $10.5 million. And then by the end of the night, they had – Two-time Cy Young winner, Corey Kluber. So, not bad there. 
Enjoy Sports Grid TV and Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM 204 and all of our radio affiliates all weekend long. Sports Rage is next. Enjoy the divisionals at Lambeau and in the B-Low tomorrow, Arrowhead and Bourbon Street on Sunday. Great job, Mafia. I'm Pharrell. Have a kick-ass weekend, everybody. Good night.